Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Stand with me all over the building for the reading of the Word tonight. The Bible says in chapter 2, verse 19, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom... All the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Father, for the next few moments here tonight, I ask you to use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word as you speak to us tonight. Give us the spiritual eyes we need to see the path as you lay it before us tonight, Lord. And give us the godly wisdom that we need to walk in that path. And we thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The title of this message is A Place to Belong. There's no place like home. The Bible says here, as Paul was speaking with the Ephesians, he tells them that he'd come and preached peace to them, which were far off and them that were nigh. That's the Jews and the Gentiles. Those that were afar off were the Gentiles, and those that were nigh were the Jews. And he said, For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Are you with me so far? Then he tells them, Because of that, now, therefore, which means because of that, ye are no longer strangers and foreigners, but your fellow citizens with the saints. And of the household of God. They were of the household of God. Church, I want to tell you something that's been going on way too long. And that's people taking the house of God for granted. People treating the house of God like it's just some social club. The house of God is a very serious, serious thing. It is to be reverenced. It is to be highly respected. And it is to be protected. I protect this place. Foolishness and nonsense ain't going to happen in here. You're not bringing that mess out here and settling it into this church. I'm not going to allow that. This is my sheepfold right here. I'm not allowing wolves in this flock. They can come in and get sheepy, 
or they can get gone. It's that simple. But wolves are not going to come in here and lay down with these sheep. That all happens up yonder. That ain't happening down here. The Bible says a little leaven leaven at the whole lump. And I'm not going to allow somebody to settle in here and sow tares amongst this wheat. Amen. We are of the household of God. We're no longer strangers and foreigners. Why is that? How did that, where did that change at, brother, brother Edward? How did that change? What made you no longer a stranger and a foreigner? Because when you came here, you were a stranger and a foreigner. What changed that? Okay. Come on, elaborate. You took on his name in, in, in baptism. That's right. Praise God. You, you took on his name. He said, come unto me. He said, will you take me? Will you take me to be your husband? Amen. And you said, you said what? I do. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Did you? Amen. Let me tell you something. When you say I do, you better. Because God don't play marriage. Let me tell you something else. God don't want joint custody of you. I want you to get a clear understanding that God don't play that joint custody business. He's either going to have full custody of you, or He'll let the other have full custody of you. He ain't going to play that joint custody thing. Oh, He's a jealous God. And you know what? This side of Calvary, this side of heaven, He's a gentleman. It's okay. No, that's all right. You go ahead. If you want some of that, you can have all of it. Because if you want me, you don't want none of that. If you want some of that, you don't want none of this. Because you ain't going to have it both. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve two gods. Amen. And so, that's what gets me about people that want to play church. I ain't got time for that nonsense. I ain't got time for somebody to play church. Don't play church. Why are you going to waste your time playing church? Go to the bar. Go get you a carton of cigarettes, a bottle of Jack Daniels or whatever it is of your choice. Put a woman on each arm or a man on each arm, whatever you are, and go live it up. Have a big time. Because uh, that's all you're going to get. Don't come in here and play. Don't come in here and play like you're going to. You're just going to come in here and I'm, going, I'm coming to church. It's enough to be saved. If you're playing, you ain't staying. If you're staying, quit your playing. Praise God. Now, Brother Edward, would you give me 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. Sister Sandra, give me 1 Timothy chapter 4, 13 through 16. Go ahead, Brother, brother uh, Edward. Oh, grab the, grab the mic. Oh, let me turn it on up here. Smack it. Okay, come on with it. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. How thou oughtest to what? Behave. Uh, behave? Now, wait a minute. Oh, he must be talking to little babies. He must be talking to little babies. You know who he's talking to? 
He's talking to the church. Amen. He ain't talking to little babies. He's talking to babies in the Lord. Amen. He's talking, he's telling them, hey, so you need to know how to behave yourself. Amen. How many of you ever been told in your life, behave? Huh? Do you know that the Lord still needs to tell you, behave? You ain't no different than a child walking down the candy aisle of a candy store or the toy aisle at Walmart. You ain't no different. You're just bigger and harder to deal with. Amen. Go ahead, brother. Which is the church of the living God. Start over right there and read through that. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Oh, yeah. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Mm -hmm. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of the angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Mm. Hallelujah. Is that through 16? Praise God. Okay. Who's got that next one? Smack it. Praise God. Go ahead. Till I come, give attention. I'm sorry. Till I come, give attendance to reading. Okay, listen. Listen carefully. Go ahead. To exhortation. Exhortation. Okay, so what is what is that? Give attention or attendance to reading. Okay, what reading what? The Word of God. Reading the Word of God. That's right. So that means, hey, he said, hey, till I come, read the Word of God. He's telling... He's telling the, uh, the Ephesians there, hey, read the Word of God till I come, okay? Give, atten- give attendance to reading, okay, to exhortation, which is what? Kind of what we were talking about this morning, amen. Do you ever need encouraging? Oh, no, you don't. You're just a rock. You don't ever need no encouraging, do you? Huh? You ever need somebody to just say, it's going to be all right, amen? You're doing great, amen? Looking good, praise God. Praise the Lord, doing wonderful. Praise the Lamb of God. Amen. We all need that. That's what we were talking about this morning. Exhortation. Go ahead. To doctrine. Uh-oh. What? Are you trying to tell me that that's important? Yes. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hand of the hand of the pre- pre- presbytery. presbytery. Okay, all right. Now hold on. What's he talking about right there? What's he talking about right there? Come on. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh yeah! Come on! Ding 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 ding! You're the grand prize winner. Amen. Come on down. Praise God. That's exactly right. Now read back through that again. Listen carefully. Neglect, Neglect not, not the, the gift that the, is in thee. Okay, stop. Give me scripture. Come on, Sister Erica. Give me scripture right now. Come on. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Give me a scripture right now. Come on. Boom. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, no, it's not. Come on. Oh, well, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> okay, neglect not the gift that is in thee. By prophecy. By prophecy. Oh, wait, 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 wait. By prophecy. C- come on, come on. What's it mean? What do you mean prophecy? 
No, 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 no. Come on, come on. What, 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 what? Huh? That's right. Praise God. This is that. Praise God. (laughs) This is that. Praise God. Which would prophesy the prophet Joel. Praise God. Amen. Okay. Now. Okay. Come on. Keep going. With the laying of the hands of the presbytery. With the laying on the hands of the presbytery, praise God. That's that's the that's the upper realm of the church. Praise God. That's the preachers. That's the uh, he was a presbyter. Uh, uh, Paul was a presbyter. Peter was a presbyter. I'm a presbyter. Amen. Of the uh, of this church. Amen. When you go up into uh, uh, it's like a in uh, Paul was a presbyter in that he was a he was a higher up. He was a builder of churches. He was overseer of many churches. In Houston, they have, the UPC would have a presbyter of a certain area over, you know, two or three, like a district, see, a, a, a district a, a pastor over several different churches or whatever. Sometimes that's how they set them up. <clears throat> okay, now, go ahead. Laying on the, with the laying on the hands of the presbytery. Remember, what the Bible said over in Acts chapter 19, remember what it said? That Paul... <clears throat> Amen. After that, he had uh, uh, baptized them in Jesus' name. Amen. He laid his hands on them, prayed for them, and they they received the Holy Ghost. Some prophesied, and they began to speak with other tongues. Remember that. So he laid his hands on them. Okay. Now, so it says here, neglect not the gift that is in thee that was given thee by prophecy and the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Go ahead. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Okay, listen carefully. Meditate on these things and give thyself what? Wholly. Which means? Completely. Completely. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Completely to them. You can't half-heartedly live this thing. You can't halfway do this. How are you going to do that? You can't half-live this walk. Man, you need to be going to River Praise or something if you're going to half-live something. Amen. But if you're going to get serious about it, this is where you need to be. But you can't be playing no games and live this thing. You've got to give yourself wholly to this or you're hurting yourself. Go ahead. That thy profiting may appear to all. Oh, yeah, that thy profiting may appear to all. So all this, what it's talking about right there is that your money just starts pouring out of the sky. Ferrari show up in your driveway. Oh, you get rich. Huh? Is that what it's talking about? Huh? <laughs> What's he talking about? Oh, man. Come on, Mr. Bible. Amen. <laughs> That's right. But you know what it's talking about? It's talking about the God stuff. That your profiting may appear. Amen. What kind of profiting is it talking about? It ain't talking about the worldly goods and money and all that kind of stuff. Man, it's talking about the power you got with God. Praise the Lord, man. It's talking about profiting in the spirit realm. The people seeing the change in you. Yeah, man. People seeing the change in you. People seeing the anointing on your life. Praise God. You know what? The most anointed men in the world, man, that's ever been. They wasn't rich. You look back through the years and look at the ones that had the real anointing, buddy. They didn't have time to have. What the heck did they need money for? They didn't have no time to spend it. I feel the Holy Ghost all over me just saying that. God is, I mean, listen, man, that's a real deal. 
What good would it do for you to have a hundred million dollars if you want to walk in the kind of anointing I'm talking about? You would never have the time to spend that money. You wouldn't have time to do it. Let me tell you something. I don't have time to do nothing now. I have no time to do nothing right now. Because I'm busy about my father's business. Right now, I'm, I'm running a business too. But that's going to come to a stop, folks. And it ain't going to be long. Amen. As long as my bills are paid, honey, I'm not worried about no thrills and frills. I've got all the thrills I can handle in the house of God. Then what's more thrilling? Amen. Going to a side show, a freak show, going to some movie house, or being in the house of God and watching some deaf person say, I can hear, or a blind person say, I can see. What's better than that? Tell me what's better than that. You can't spend enough money. You can't make and print enough money to buy that. Huh. Hallelujah. We got our own little slice of heaven coming. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. Amen. Huh. Hallelujah. Huh. Man, I don't need all that money. Praise God, my King will supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a place to belong tonight, church. We got some here. We got some. This little church. Hallelujah. I wouldn't trade this church for no church I've ever been in in my life. I would not trade this church for any walk I've ever seen. Praise God. I tell you, I love this church. I love this family. Amen. With this walk comes some very strict things, some very strict principles. Some very strict doctrine. Praise God. Some very strong commitment. Hallelujah. We need to know how we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God. Amen. The Bible wrote that word right there for our learning. Amen. And you will never be able to stand before Jesus and say you never went to Sunday school. Honey, every time you walk through these doors, you walk into a school. You walk into a place of higher learning. And I mean much higher learning, praise God, than most places. We get some Bible up in here. Amen. I'll tell you what, in this old worldly realm, we may not look too much like when we... We may not look too spiffy when we walk by a gold gym. They might look at it and I see, now that's right there. Now that's what you don't want to look like right there. This is what you're trying to avoid by paying us. And you see everybody looking at you, you're like, yes, I am quite a specimen, aren't I? And they're like, yes, two of them. Yes, two specimens. <laughs> yes, you kind of remind me of a specimen, yes. <laughs> but you know what? In the spirit realm, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where we're something to behold right there. And you know what? That's what matters. Come on. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. Take heed to thyself. And unto the doctrine. And unto the doctrine. Take heed. What does that mean? What does that mean, brother? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Hmm? It means follow it, watch it, live it. Ain't you ever heard somebody tell you, you better heed my word, son? What does that mean? You better follow it. You better hear it. You better do it. Uh-huh. Not only listen, not that kind of listen comes in this ear, not that ear. You better take it to heart. That's what he's saying. Heed that doctrine. Let me tell you something. This ain't written. This doctrine's not here. This is not a suggestive doctrine. This ain't no, this ain't no motivational speaking book. And if there ever was a self-help book, it's the one. <laughs> Go ahead. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Yep. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. See? It ain't only about you. Understand something tonight. Read that last part again. You shall not only what? For in doing this... In doing what? Heeding the doctrine. Heeding the doctrine. In heeding that doctrine, in following it, listening to it, obeying it, you're not only what? This thou shalt both save thyself. Thou shalt both save thyself by what? And then by what? Thee. By heeding the doctrine. By heeding the doctrine, you shall both save yourself and and them that hear thee. And them that hear thee. Let me just drop two thoughts in your mind right there. What good would it do for you to follow the doctrine? I mean, you to hear the doctrine, preach the doctrine. Save somebody else's soul and you not follow it and go to hell yourself. What good is that? You know, Paul understood that. Paul said, I keep under my body, lest by any means that after I have preached unto you, that I myself be a castaway. So the Bible says, if you heed the doctrine that you shall do two things, you'll save yourself by heeding that doctrine and them that hear thee. Amen. Because... Uh, you need to take that doctrine forward, take it forth with you, praise God. And you follow it by an example, showing them an example of how it is, how we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God. Why is it that you think I've been so tough on you? And I'm going to tell you something, brother. You ain't been here very long, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm a tough preacher. I don't play games in this church. You've probably seen a lot of that already. But I'm going to tell you, some of, these, some of these folks have had a tough way to go. <laughs> Amen. took a little while to whip them into shape. Amen. But I'll tell you what. Everybody in this church has come a long way. And the reason that I'm so tough, as some would see it, I don't see it that way. But the reason I'm so tough is because a little leaven leavened at the whole lump. And when somebody else comes in here and sees nonsense going on in the house, they think that's the norm. And you know what? They can see eight kinds of right going on, one piece of wrong going on, and the wrong's what they're going to follow. Oh, that, yeah. Why? Because that's the one that's pleasing to the flesh. That's the one that's as close to what they're living. See what I mean? And so they take that as part of the doctrine. But you see, we need to keep that doctrine pure. Whatever Jesus did, that's what we need to be doing. 
He's the chief cornerstone. The apostles, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. See that? Is that, is that all of it, sister, through 16? Amen. When we ain't got but 87 hours to go, praise God. I can see a part 27 of this sermon. Okay. Now, how do we know? How do we know what's right? How do we know what's right? First Thessalonians 5.21, Sister Sharon, go. First Thessalonians 5.21. Sister Erica, could you grab that microphone and hand it up, please? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Sister Sharon, go ahead. Listen to what it says. Come on, it's on. Start over. Hold fast to that which is good. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Hold fast that which is good. Amen. See that? Prove all things. How do you prove all things? Huh? That's right. Line it up with the Bible. Praise God. What Bible? King James Bible. That's exactly right. Amen. Okay. Now, we are not called... Just to believe. But we are called to belong. Even in a sinless environment, such as the Garden of Eden was, the Bible tells us that God saw one thing that was not good. Everybody be quiet. Everybody be quiet. Not one word from anyone in the building. Sister Erica. There was one thing in the Garden of Eden that God saw. Now, he, he created this and this and this, and he saw that it was good. He created this, and it was good. He saw that he created that, and it was good. He saw this, and that was very good. So there was good and very good, but there was one thing that was not good. Quiet. Close your eyes so you can't get no people doing it lip-syncing and all that kind of stuff. Quit peeking. What did he see that wasn't good? Do you remember? <laughs> that man was that man should be alone. Amen. <laughs> it wasn't the woman that he made. It was that man should be alone. Amen. But But I tell you what, mankind's paid for that day severely. Amen. Now, so he saw that it was not good that man should be alone. So he made for man a helpmeet. Did you know that the woman has always taken on the man's name? Did you know that? Did you know it even started right there? Give me some scripture. Just tell me what it said. God called their name Adam. That's right. That's what the Bible says. Okay. Now, listen carefully. In that sinless environment, in Genesis 2.18, the Bible says God saw that it was not good that man should be alone. All right. Now, I know 
that some of you would say, well, I'm, I'm alone. No, you're not alone. If Just because you're not married does not mean that you're not alone. Amen. Your God is your husband. Your God is your bride. Amen. He is. He is your companion. Amen. He is your help in time of need. Praise God. However, you still cannot fulfill your purpose in this life being alone. Let's look at some Bible on that. Okay, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1. Now let's go to verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Do you know the... Do you know that there's real statistics behind that? I have found that two men working together, or two people working together toward the same goal, can achieve that of three people working by themselves. That's a fact, and I've proven it. Hadn't I, honey? You can send two men to one job working separately and they'll get a certain amount of work done or you can put two men together working together and they can do the work of three people working separately. And because of that, the Lord said, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. There's more reward for two, two's output than there is for one. For if it's actually the same as three people putting output. For if they fall, listen carefully to this, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. I remember a time when when a fellow I know was discouraged, a little fearful in a situation. Now, I won't name any names, but his initials are Brother Edward. But he got on the phone, and he called up himself. He called up and talked with himself. And he said, self, we're in a heap of trouble. Somebody's fixing to do thus and thus, and it's all going to be over. It's all over. The only thing left is the crying. It's all over now. I'm out of a job. I'm going to be this and thus and thus and that. Call me roadkill. Color me done. It's all over. But love.